0: everybody and welcome to episode number 185 of the canadian football countdown a proud member of the canadian football podcast network welcome in one and all to our week 19 cfl recap yes down to just two more weeks of the cfl regular season and then we get into playoff time exciting times here near the end of the season this episode of the podcast is brought to you from Treaty One Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojakree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Metis Nation, as well as from Treaty Four Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Metis Nation. I'm Ryan Coop, joined this evening by our wonderful panel. And first up, it is a man who truly is a farmer in Saskatchewan. The great Adam Stewart is here. Adam, how are you doing tonight?
1: wow that was actually a pretty cool intro anyway uh doing well i'm just filling out a survey for the saskatchewan rough riders which uh <laughs> they, they won't like my answers i think i'm just gonna refer them to this podcast and see my progression throughout the year but uh we'll get to that later on
0: yeah in the off season i'll be editing a time lapse of adam's uh, opinions on the saskatchewan rough riders as the season goes along uh you know, get those off-season bonus episodes. I'm sure that that would be a fun one there. Uh, joining us here this evening as well, he's back home in the 204. It's the guy they call Mr. Manitoba himself, the great Trey Kolbeck is here. Trey, how are you doing tonight?
2: Man, I love getting that nickname. I don't even know where it came out of, but I just saw it on Twitter. Mr. Manitoba's here, and then I'm like, oh, I guess that's me. Um, I'm doing great. Yeah, I was treated treated pretty well in Calgary by the gang there at Century Downs. Got to guest announce a race got to guest handicap a race uh and the guest uh the race i got to announce a dear a good buddy of mine from manitoba was actually the winning driver uh got his first win in over a year and the last time he got a win it was right out in miami here where i was calling it as well so it was pretty interesting and got to see mcmahon stadium for the first time uh we said we're going to keep this episode quick so i won't get into details about that but uh
0: mosaic and ig are way louder Yes. Uh, well, hey, back-to-back wins with you calling the race. I feel like the, you got to get like a, a an exclusive job offer here or, or something, and just go on tour.
2: Uh, man, I should, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if the other drivers would appreciate it if I always just came in when uh, my buddy Chris <laughs> was driving.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, here we're here to talk about what was a fantastic week in the CFL this week. Uh, I think Thursday night we joked that you know our Two-hour show was more entertaining than Thursday night football in the NFL. There is zero chance this episode is going to be more entertaining than this weekend in the CFL. We will try. We have some fun stuff to come on the show today. But it was a fantastic weekend. Four great games across the board. We're going to recap each of those. We're going to begrudgingly talk about CFL Fantasy League results and uh, why I have never been more pissed off with CFL Fantasy. We'll get into that later in the show, I guess. Uh, we'll recap our betting results powered by Betstamp, uh, talk about our players of the week and do our power rankings as well. Of course, this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Betstamp. There are so many different sports books out there these days. Each one offers you different prices on the same games. How do you ensure you're getting the best value? Well, Betstamp gives you all of the different odds for the same game, all in one convenient place. You can compare, you can contrast them. And if you find ones you like, you can sign up through the BetStamp BatLink page, go to the corresponding site, link your picks, track your picks, get analytics all season long to help you improve your wagering. Uh, as you go along, you can take a look at verified bets that others have made as well to give you a little bit of inspiration uh, through the verified bet tracking on the commission-free marketplace. You get the guarantee that the odds are legitimate. And uh, you can find our consensus CFL picks every single week under the username cf countdown pod you can also check out trey's individual picks trey cf countdown on there as well visit betstamp.app or download the free app from your local app store sign up with referral code cfc to start using Betstamp stamp free today best of luck with your wagers and remember always bet responsibly uh, we are of course live this evening, as well as we always are, over on a variety of platforms, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at uh, GameTimeTV.ca or on Facebook.com/backslashGameTimeTVMB. Uh, and if you want to catch the show live every week, just go to YouTube and search the Canadian Football Countdown. Hit that subscribe button, and we are there talking football twice a week uh, on Mondays and Thursdays the rest of the season. So. So further ado, guys, let's get into it with our first game of the week here uh, from this past weekend, which started off with the uh, the Montreal Alouettes beating the Ottawa Red Blacks in the second half of the home and home 34 to 30. Uh, Adam, let's go to you first on this one. Uh, what was the major story that for you in this game?
1: I think it's the fact that the Ottawa Red Blacks sure aren't uh, been told that they're out of the playoffs and they aren't going to make it because they played it like a team that was just coming out of the gun and uh, came out hot in this one. Uh, Really took it to the Montreal Alouettes early. That was being led uh, by Nick Arbuckle, essentially. I mean, which is something rare again for Ottawa. They don't usually get led by their quarterbacks. It's usually some other one that takes in the place. 28 for 36, 77% completion percentage for Nick Arbuckle. No interceptions and two touchdowns. Had a pretty good game overall. Uh, A guy was worried about uh, the Ottawa Red as well having no real run game. Well, guess what? Jackson Bennett stepped up, had a reasonably good game. Uh, Eight carries for 55 yards, had a 6.9-yard average, which, again, is very acceptable and over-average in the CFL for sure. Uh, Justin Hardy, again, had a big game. Uh, No Jalen Acklin this week. So they went right back to Justin Hardy and 8 for 12, 93 yards. And again, an average of 11.6 yards. So Ottawa played very good in this game. The only thing is, it's got to be... I don't know what happened to Ottawa and uh, Edmonton, what voodoo they got on them. But I'll tell you right now, just how do you lose this one in the end? Ottawa was off to a great start in this game. Uh, We're leading, I think it was... uh, 14-10, uh, I mean, it was a little bit of a shootout at the beginning, but Ottawa then gets another 10 points in the second They were scoring, and yet just couldn't quite finish this one off. And, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunate for Ottawa here. Trey, what were you looking at in this one?
2: I'm going to kind of tie on what you just said. How does Ottawa lose this one? I think they got two, if not three third-down stops. Like, I, you know, two or three, I can't remember. You, yeah, you, you can't lose a game in October or maybe November while getting third down stops and not, like, it just doesn't make sense, right? You know, uh, I thought Ottawa was going to win this one for sure down the stretch. Uncle Gary gets a win, and they kind of, you know, Montreal solidifies their second place spot a little bit more. Uh, uh, Yeah, like, the first, but this game and the Edmonton game later, both teams, their first halves were playing as if they were getting ready for the playoffs, and then the second half's kind of like, no, this is why these teams haven't won at home in so many years, and this is why these teams aren't going anywhere, you know? So that's kind of what I saw from Ottawa. Montreal, oh, man, it just – it's tough to – these East games. It's kind of weird. You get some weird fumbles. Ottawa had that weird trick play at the very beginning. Like, you got some – the East games are so hard to look at because you look at a 34-30 game, you go, wow, this might have been a great game. It was a good game, but, like, could you really want to call it a – like? Did anyone actually have a great performance? Probably not. It was one of those weird games, some timely fumbles, some third down stops, and that's what the East has been all year, right, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to catch this game. I was way at the cabin at the time, but uh looking just so so for me, the big storyline is looking back on the the stats sheet here is a couple of guys that stepped up on the Ottawa side of the ball. I mean, uh Justin Hardy had the huge what eleven catch, thirteen target game the week before and you had to think given the number of guys that were out that they were going to go to him again, but I wasn't expecting that much, but now eight catches in 12, uh, you know, eight catches on 12 targets for him again, this game for 93 yards. Like you look at who they all brought in for Ottawa in the off season, they brought in a number of veteran receivers into that receiving core. And you kind of have to wonder if going into next year, will some of those guys be back? Because, I know Hardy kind of played his way into the lineup early on in the season, two and then got injured. But you have to think he's a guy that going into next year, they're going to give a bigger role because he's producing in it. You know, they were missing a number of guys. You touched on Jackson Bennett already a bit there, Adam. You know, uh, Sayosi Mariner made his first career start for them. He had 53 yards and a touchdown at wide receiver. So on the Ottawa side, a couple of younger guys stepping up and taking over those roles for the veterans and still putting together a pretty good game. On the Montreal side, the most intriguing thing for me was that are we still easing William Stanback back into the lineup? Is he not 100% and ready to go yet? Are they going to give him the full split in the playoffs or not? Because Walter Fletcher had four carries for 30 yards. He also had four catches for 60 and a touchdown on this game. Ended up outproducing William Stanback basically in this one. So I don't know if that's something that they liked what they were doing all year with that dual back system with Fletcher and with Antwi, but uh, and and now they go to, you know, stand back. You would think he would take over the full workload, but Hey, they like what Walter Fletcher has done in that lineup this year. So uh, it seems like something that's working for them and kudos to Montreal for getting it done here because they're still, you know, have they locked in the home playoff game or do they need one more win? Anybody know? I think they might have clinched at least home place now, I
1: think. Okay. At least They're two I'll games
2: up, up the- on Hamilton, so it must be close. Yeah. No,
1: if yeah. they're two games up on Hamilton, I think they have the season series, so I think yeah. it's I'll pull
0: up I'll pull up the playoff scenarios here as we go along. We'll we'll touch on those a little bit later, but yeah, overall a close football game, you know. And like you said, Ottawa, come on. Every time you think it's going to happen, nope, it doesn't, right? It makes it really hard when we do our picks on the show every single week. To go with Ottawa and to go with Edmonton because every time you think that it's going to work out for them they find some way to lose and I know in terms of playoff scenarios now Ottawa's got to win what both against Hamilton I believe to make the playoffs, and that includes winning a game at home so confidence level in the Red Blacks here quickly guys uh ability to, to actually make the playoffs. Give me a percentage level. Where is it at? Uh, we'll go with you first, Trey.
2: Three. Oh, boy. I'll give it to Hamilton, the edge, and we'll talk about it in the next game. Or or even Saskatchewan. I'll give them maybe 60 to Hamilton and whatever, whatever the rest is, the Saskatchewan, and then three to uh, Ottawa. But, uh, Yeah, just you can't blow a lead like that, especially, like I said, with the third down uh, takeaways and stuff like that. And Montreal's been such a flippy-floppy team. Adam?
1: Ottawa's got a home-and-home, so they won't make the playoffs uh, just because they have to play at home again, uh, namely. But, um, no, it's essentially Ottawa needs Hamilton to lose. Well, they have to beat Hamilton twice. They have to have Saskatchewan lose out, and then they make the playoffs. So I don't see all of that happening, to be honest with you. I could see maybe the two uh, Saskatchewan losses and I could maybe see the uh, one Hamilton loss possibly, but I don't see them losing two in a row uh, or beating Hamilton two in a row, especially after we talk about the next game here. So.
0: Yeah. I wonder which one, which one's first are they? So they're in Hamilton first and then at home to Ottawa. Could you imagine if they come down to week 21 and Ottawa actually breaks the streak at home and makes it into the playoffs? That's what I want to see. I'm with you guys. I think it's doubtful here for them. If, but
1: if if that happens, Ryan, I will person and you can mark this up on the on the stories afterwards. I will buy a Red Blacks jersey if they make the playoffs. Ooh, which I'm name? I'm pretty are you, safe put? on my name are you
0: putting on it? Are you putting a name on it?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I yeah, that's tough to do because you know I kind of predicted they're firing everybody too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the uh, Maybe I'll put Jeremiah Mazzoli on it because, you know, I think he might be here next year.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just looking at the standings, Montreal pretty much right at the second spot and locked in. It's going to take some tiebreakers for Hamilton to pass them. It's going to take some tiebreakers for them to pass Toronto. So uh, Montreal likely to host a home playoff game. And if they win that go into Toronto, but Let's move on to our next game here. Unless you guys got anything else on Montreal Ottawa, I think we're ready to move on to the Hamilton Tiger Cats beating the Calgary Stampeders 35 to 32 in McMahon Stadium. Calgary coming off the bye, Calgary at home. Hamilton hasn't won in Calgary in what was it, like 10, 15 years, something like that coming in. And they break the streak, they get it done. And uh, Trey, you got to watch it all live there in action. Let's go to you first. You saw it uh, right in front of your own eyes there. You didn't get the TV view like we did. Uh, tell us all about this one.
2: I'd be scared of Hamilton because they have three wins now, maybe in the east. I don't, but look at this they've beaten Winnipeg, they've beaten Calgary in Saskatchewan and they only lost by five to a Nathan Rourke BC Lions earlier in the year when they win, they can beat some pretty t- uh, top level teams. Now we've seen what they've done against the East all year and they're still fighting for a playoff spot, but it's not about, you know, June to September it doesn't really matter much when we talk about the season starts in labor day and if Hamilton gets heated up here near the end. And I think they were, they were doing pretty well, but the story all weekend all four games was special teams. This was another game that had some pretty crazy special teams. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but the Hamilton kick returner got them in pretty good field position near the end of the game. I don't know how scared of it. I am of those Calgary with the uh, mayor throwing three picks to Hamilton. What do you think he's going to do against BC and Winnipeg, uh, in a few weeks? Um, so yeah, tiger cats got, I was pretty impressed with them. T- Peters. I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be a hard, hard hill to climb. And, uh, Game-wise, I was surprised. They're going to be in the playoffs, and I'm going to say McMahon was about half full. I don't know what the official attendance was. I don't know, but they did know how to throw a party there. It was a pretty good time. Adam?
1: You know what I always find with Calgary is they don't come out until the playoffs because they know their team is making the playoffs, and then they show up at the end of it and go and say, hey, here we are. Uh, Some reason with Calgary. I, I don't get it, but... Anyways, um, no, in this game here, I don't think I'm as maybe concerned about uh, Jake Mayer uh, throwing these picks as maybe other guys. And that's namely because he didn't have all of his receiving core there. Uh, Malik Henry, he's got a real good chemistry with. And with a guy like that being missing doesn't really help you. Kamar Jordan, he's a guy that can play in November and he wasn't there as well. So I don't know if it was really more of that or if it was just Hamilton really knowing that this game means a lot to them. Uh, I don't know. I, it, to me, I don't think it was really Calgary's uh, issue. The other thing also is Kadim Carey uh, gets injured in the second quarter in this one. is predicted to not come back for the game. All of a sudden, oh, hey, there's Kadim Carey. So that was a little bit strange. But, uh, yeah, he's a little bit banged up for sure. So that could also have been a little bit of an issue in this because otherwise you're going to uh, Peyton Logan who just uh, could or Yeah, you're going over to Logan, and it's just not maybe the same as it was to Kadeen Carey. So that could be a little bit of an issue as well. Uh, the, the other thing on this one here that I really found was just that fourth quarter was absolutely bonkers. Uh, but it's third and one, and you're in your own uh, end of the field yet. I don't care. Uh, yeah, that should pretty much be an instant fire for the offensive coordinator over in Hamilton. You don't go for the gun for starters. And secondly, you don't hand it off. What are you doing? I was screaming at the TV and being like, do you want to lose this game?
0: They wrecked themselves like, third and one you, from the gun. Yeah, they did it, it, it to themselves.
1: Yep. Oh, well, exactly. And I was like, what are you doing? And sure enough, Calgary goes, gets back, runs it for a field goal. And somehow, Cal and our Hamilton in the end, gets the ball back, takes it down for a touchdown. I'm like, this this game was, it was just absolutely bonkers. Honestly, no team deserved to win this. I'll be pulling a mic here a little bit. Uh, Hamilton was probably the better team, I guess, in this one here. Uh, one thing I think that Hamilton should be real proud of themselves, uh, Dane Evans actually had a reasonably okay game, which considering last week he had a terrible game, he did kind of recover from that. No interceptions was a big thing. Uh, Wes Hills didn't really do a whole lot this week. Uh, Really, it was just kind of an odd game for both teams here. Uh and again, no uh one receiver, sorry, Tim White, who probably should be the all-star, I think, of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, essentially, at least MOP for them. Uh, six for seven, hundred and two yards again, yeah, hundred and six and a touchdown. So that's a great pickup for Hamilton. Other than that, Calgary and Hamilton both. They really didn't do a whole lot on the field. Uh, the only guy, like I say, over hundred yards was Tim White, right?
0: Tim White should be the East Division MOP nominee. The, no doubt about it in my mind. I, I, I think it's clear, and I think it's he has been a dominant force all season long in that offense, despite some, you know, average at best quarterback play for a lot of it. And it doesn't matter because Tim White finds a way to get it done. And it was very it's very clear that when the game is on the line, just like it has been a couple of times this season. They're going in his direction and he is making a play and he made one incredible catch that he had no business making whatsoever to go and bring this one close to the end zone and then follows it up with the touchdown catch with what, like 12 seconds left in the game, something like that. Like Tim White to me is the MOP of the East division. I don't know if you can give it to any of the quarterbacks. If it's any of them, it's going to be McLeod Bethel Thompson You know, a lot of the running backs have been injured. Basically, every team's starting running back has missed the majority of the season pretty much uh, outside of Hamilton, who didn't really have a starting running back, so to say. Uh, You know, maybe you give it to a defensive player here or there, but I I think Tim White's a front runner and uh, he's fifth in the league in receiving yards right now, I think. You know, you're probably looking at Eugene Lewis, Jalen Acklin. Those are probably Curly Gittins Jr. Maybe those are his competition for the award, but he he just gets it done. And I love Tim White. I thought that was a huge breakout season for him last year. I'm excited to see him top it even this year. Like right? He's almost at 1,200 receiving yards. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better progression year from him. And they're going to need him to have these big games in the playoffs, I think. He's really the guy carrying the team right now for the Hamilton Tiger Cats and one thing for me in this game, guys, disappointed in the lack of usage of West Hills, 11 carries, 52 yards. I said last Thursday, if they gave him 20, 20, 20 carries, I'm picking Hamilton and go to the Grey Cup. I don't know if I can do that after this performance. I give them credit for winning in Calgary when they never do. But in the long run, I'm not sure I like this, you know call a questionable play on third and one, like you said, Adam, and then uh, pulling out of your hat at the last second. Like that's not sustainable, right? Like the lack of usage of the run game when it's running pretty well is not sustainable, especially going down the stretch. So kudos to Hamilton for getting it done, but the actual win at uh, the actual play, I need to see more out of the rest of the team, not named Tim White to have full confidence in them here. And, And just to touch on what you guys said on Calgary as well, uh jake Mayer's game yeah he threw three picks two of them early on i think but it's kind of a weird stat line you would think a three interception game is not a good game but he still completed 74 percent of his passes kind of reminds me of zach laros in the west final last year what four interceptions or four incomplete passes and three of them were interceptions like right like uh yeah those are the ugly one on the stats sheet but other than that he played a pretty solid game they just didn't get enough done to get it done so uh Yeah, disappointing loss for Calgary here. Uphill climb now to get that second in the West. I think they're probably going out to BC in the playoffs. And uh, I kind of want to see, not going to lie, I kind of want to see Hamilton, Calgary in the Grey Cup, guys, because this game was fantastic. Early this season was that game where Hamilton was ahead by like 30. Calgary came back and won in overtime. We got to have a completion of the Sega, right? Like. No, oh,
1: absolutely. I think uh I think that would be great. I mean, these guys have been playing great football anytime they meet. It's like BC and uh Winnipeg. Wow, we'll talk about that other one later on here, but earlier wise, that was great. Uh, same thing with Calgary and Winnipeg. I mean, just some of these teams just really work well with each other. And uh yeah, these two teams are one of them. That's that's the thing. Another uh just a quick little note also, uh Seth Small good game on his side of the uh on the field you need to have a great uh kicking game once in a while when you're in uh clutch times in the playoffs and hey four for four 57 yard longest I think in this game so um, uh, yeah kudos to Seth Small as well
0: yeah he makes some super long kicks uh his kicking range is definitely not small uh anything else on Hamilton Calgary you guys got here uh yeah, real quick. I just
2: have to say the love for the third and short guy, quarterback in Calgary, uh, Tommy Steven, or was that his name?
0: Yeah, yep. Tommy Steven.
2: is so unreal. Wild thing. that Every time that's what they just yell. his nickname's Wild Thing, and they play the song after every time he gets the first down. And I'm like, this is Chris Strebler kind of love for this guy right now. Uh, and I couldn't even have told you his name before going into the game, right? So that and, uh, yeah, how the finish was. It was so hard not to laugh on the way to the C train after that one, man. I'm just holding in it, holding it in, and uh, I had to. I was standing beside a Ty Cats fan on the train, so I had to make sure him and I could stick together
0: uh, on that bus ride home. It was crazy. Finish, boys. Yeah, couldn't ask for a better, uh, better game to go to. Started kind of slow, but heck of a finish, uh, especially one uh, you know uh, if you're traveling you only get to go to so often. Uh, you picked a good one there, Trey. Uh, I think we're ready to move on to game number three of the week, which was the Toronto Argonauts uh, going into Edmonton, a spot they hadn't won since, I want to say it was 2013, 2015. It's been a number of years since Toronto's won there. It's also been a number of years since Edmonton has won in Edmonton, and the Argos are the one to break this streak. Uh, Let's go back to you here first, Trey, because I I think you're a little – a little more fired up on some of these Argos performances after after watching uh, some of this here.
2: Yeah, man, the guy that has the most Canadian-sounding name that isn't Canadian, A.J. Olette, just under 100 yards rushing, 91 in a touchdown. We've been saying that he's not a running running back, but, you know, they gave him the ball. He goes in untouched near the end there to give them give them the win pretty much. And then, yeah, uh, Boris Beattie, 5 for 5, uh, 3 keys three traits three keys of the game is run the ball, make field goals and i can't remember the other one like no stupid penalties probably and they did at least two of the three i don't know the penalty arts off tom of head right now but toronto like i've been saying again for weeks i want an east team to just do something maybe their first half wasn't dominant but they they you know they stuck with it uh, no turnovers on macbeth on uh, mcbeth thompson McLeod, sorry, Thompson McLeod, whatever his name is with all the hyphen I hate the hyphenated names, man. Jeez Louise. Um, but uh yeah, I'm pretty I'm I'm kind of this is why Ar- the Argos have that crazy high percentage of winning the Great Cup because all they gotta do is beat Montreal, Hamilton, maybe Saskatchewan, Ottawa. And then they basically just have to have a lucky game against whichever team comes out of the West, right? So I think they have the tools to do it. Uh, I don't know if I would still put money on it at this point, but they definitely have the tools. Uh, Adam?
1: Yeah, no, they do. And I think that Toronto is starting to gain a little bit of confidence, especially a good fourth quarter comeback like this. Yes, they're playing Edmonton in Edmonton. Usually they traditionally, well, lose there. Weird still saying that about Edmonton, but nevertheless, uh, Toronto has been one of these teams that has really done a good job of coming back in games. McLeod Bethel Thompson always was a good second half quarterback, and he's proved it here again. Uh, I want to give a shout out though to Taylor Cornelius a little bit here because we heard news today that uh, he went back in after having a, a ruptured spleen or a bad like a spleen injury. That guy's got. Is like just awful tough, but silly, but tough nevertheless. Uh, he had a good game. I don't know if he had his best game in the world because, again, he half was injured for some of that fourth quarter 18 for 30, 185 yards, touchdown, one pick, Eh, kind of an average day for him. Uh, one guy though that had a really good game and uh has never shown up for Edmonton all season until this one was Darrell Walker, 114 yards. He Has really, again, hadn't done a whole lot all season. Had all seven catches that went to him, 114, no touchdowns, but a 44-yard long catch. Also, Manny Arsenal's back, uh, 26 yards, nothing really spectacular for him. But nevertheless, I think that uh, Toronto has, or Toronto, Edmonton, I don't know what it is. They they did the, the right things and all the right pieces to win a game for once. And they just can't do it. I don't know what it is. I think you have to have that cake that says, at least you tried and give them that cake because really there's, there's no other ways to describe this and how Edmonton can lose a game. I mean, they didn't even take no, Chris Jones's uh, usual team takes a pile of uh, penalties. They only had three penalties for 25 yards and they still lost the game. I, I don't know how Edmonton next week is going to lose another one to BC in Edmonton. I believe it is. Um, uh, gonna be interesting to see how that one's gonna happen but um yeah i don't know figure out i guess they'll figure out a plan and be able to do it again next week i i just don't know ryan
0: i wish i had the answers for you adam because i don't they they keep finding a, a more bizarre way to lose you would think this one they maybe have it they're up You know, 30 seconds left in the game. They're up by two points. And, well, okay, you're thinking, yeah, maybe Toronto kicks a field goal to make it a one-point lead there. But, no, they let A.J. Olette run 25 yards to the end zone. This is a guy that his longest run on the year was probably lower than that going in, and that's about half the yardage you normally expect from him in a football game. Like, I know Edmonton's run defense has been, you know, rough all season long, but they found a way to – to somehow let up their, you know, their biggest run of the day, it, it, it seems. And now that's, yeah, if you can, uh, you know, nine carries, 91 yards for A.J. Olette. Like, that's a 10.1 average. That's a solid average there, and it's yeah, hard. I wanted, to I
1: wanted to bring up one part also on that. Did anybody see him run the ball on that uh, last play? The way he was carrying the ball, just literally like this, as fast as he can go down the field. Didn't try to tuck it down, didn't try to do nothing, just straight out like this and hold it.
0: And it worked. it worked.
2: It worked. Yep, that's how those big Southern boys run the ball, right? Just run straight ahead. Like, that's all you got to do, man. Run, forest run.
1: Look, Looked like an offensive lineman with a football. It was, it was hilarious. And
2: not that's even it. touched. I don't know how he wasn't touched. Like, you know what I mean? This is the pivot. Like, this is why Edmonton's is not making the playoffs. How do you just let him go that untouched? Like, play tag, play touch football. He's got a hand on him like something, but no.
0: Yeah, they they find a way every every single time it seems. I feel so bad for Elks fans. Like now we're looking at their home. Their I think they have a buy in the last week. So their last regular season game is this Friday at home against the BC Lions. You have one shot now to win a home game in two years, and it's against the team that I think has outscored you by an average of thirty four points or something. I I I don't know the exact number, but it's something like that over the course of the last two seasons. Now, Nathan Rourke, I don't think we'll be ready to go for this one, but I don't know know if I can pick Edmonton to win that one here. So yeah, Elks fans, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry for you. That's my takeaway here for the Elks is I don't know what you do in the off season necessarily. I think like we've talked about for a number of weeks, you've got some good pieces to build off of going into next year But I don't know if you need to bring in like a good luck charm, like a lucky rabbit. I don't know. A rabbit find Buy all the rabbit's feet you can maybe. uh, Spend that salary cap on that instead of players. I don't know. Something's got to give eventually. uh, And I just hope it does for the Elks. And for the Argos, yeah, they pulled out another gritty, gutsy uh, late win. And I think that's the motto for them this season. That's what we're going to see. The rest of the way, if they do make it all the way to the Grey Cup here, it's going to not be a big, huge blowout victory. Most likely it's going to be one of these where McLeod Bethel-Thompson does just enough with the offense and the defense gets the stops they need to and the team's going to go on to win the game. And uh, that's exactly kind of what we saw from this one. 273 yards, one touchdown from MBT. Still no uh, multi-touchdown games from them. They seem to come pretty rarely. They did get a rushing touchdown and that's the most bizarre way Toronto may have won this game. Like as much as we want to talk about Edmonton losing from that perspective, I can't believe Toronto won a game by a late rushing touchdown from a running back. I, I guess they're, they're finding new ways to advance their offseason here or advance their, uh, their play calling. I mean,
1: Absolutely. I just wanted to bring up one other point. Edmonton fans, you need uh, good luck with your team. You don't need any more luck with fantasy. That's all I'm
0: going to say. Yeah, we'll get to that. We will get to that later on. Uh, Anything else on uh, Elks and Argos you guys have here? Uh, I guess uh, I I did pull up the playoff scenarios, uh, so we can touch on that super quick before we move on to the next game. Uh, So if Toronto wins this week, they clinch first place in the East Division. Uh, They are guaranteed a home playoff game, um, I believe. Yes, they won already. They got that already back in week number 16. Montreal has clinched a home playoff game as well. So they are guaranteed to finish at least second. They can still catch Toronto, but it's going to be tough. Um, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Ottawa still playing for that final spot out east. And uh, a BC winner, a Calgary loss puts BC into second place in the West Division. So, week 20, a lot of these things could be ironed out. Already, pretty much, Uh, we could have all our playoff scenarios set, which might make next week's shows uh, or the week after a little more interesting to try to come up with big storylines to talk about if everybody's resting. But yeah, those are our playoff scenarios going into week 20. And uh, I just mentioned Calgary and BC and BC's in the driver's seat now because they picked up a home win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 40 to 32 on Saturday night. The Lions uh, pulling out a big win here. They needed this. I have said all along they need that home playoff game, and and, and they did so in this one. But it was against the Winnipeg team that kind of rested some of their guys. Zach Kleros didn't play. Drew Brown got his first career start. Three or four offensive linemen were out for Winnipeg. Uh, Their defense, pretty much, uh, was all out on the field. But... Uh, it was a close game. It was an entertaining game. Uh, Trey, let's go to you first. Uh, what, what's your major takeaways on this one?
2: Yeah, I got three points for Winnipeg real quick. If, if Claros walks away under the sunset after this year, I would stick with Drew Brown over anybody else. I wouldn't want Fajardo. I don't want Bo Levi. I think if you gave this kid the starting lineup or the starting old line in front of him that was rested, I think he would have performed a lot better. And he still had, you know, not his full receiving core. He had, you know, Damski, Rashid Bailey shown, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the offense that we've been seeing in Winnipeg as normally. Another guy he had on his offense a little bit who tore it up. Janari Grant, I can't. This guy, and I think both of his kick punts came in BC, right? I know what they've only come in BC in the dome, but you would think, you know, we're gonna have a cold, frosty game in Winnipeg. Defense might not get their footing very well against whoever they play in that West final, you could see him, you know, it's, it, he's going to be the guy that flips the field on you. And my last point, I'm a little worried about this defense. You know, they play, play uh, like uh, Suter mentioned probably 50 times on uh, the broadcast, it was the starting B, uh, starting Blue Bombers defense playing, and they gave up 40 points to a Nathan Workless uh, BC Lions, right? So, you know, Vernon Adams didn't have a crazy amazing game, but, you know, they still found a way to win. Uh, based off of running game and special teams, right? So I would watch out for BC in this one. But again, we want to see what happens with Nathan Rourke, right, Adam?
1: Yeah, I'm not as maybe concerned as I was before about maybe Nathan Rourke uh, having to come back right away. I mean, i still think that you're a better team with him than without him. So uh, the one thing, though, that I wanted to give BC, uh, you were mentioning and Grant over for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. On the other side of the football, Terry Williams. There was a reason why they called him Scary Terry over in Calgary. And yeah, he did it this week. Three uh, field field goal missed returns for 155 yards. uh, Five kickoff returns for 152 yards. Just massive yardage by Terry Williams of the BC Lions. And essentially made it a quick field for the BC Lions to get some touchdowns on. Which essentially was this game. I don't know as much as if this was the defense Because again, Richie Hall's defense is bend, not break. But when you're bending, uh, when you have to start the bend over on on your side of the field, that doesn't help you so much. So to me, I don't know if the defense was big of an issue with uh, Winnipeg this week as everybody's making it seem. But it definitely was a little bit of a thing as well. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. had actually a pretty reasonable day. But uh, 138 yards, really not a whole lot of yardage in this one. Uh, I'm trying to pump him up as much as I can in case he has to go to Calgary or Can, can I day. throw a
2: quick can I throw a quick stat about Vernon Adams? That's amazing. He also yeah. has uh one reception for nine is three yards, right? So he got in on it everywhere in offense.
0: It counted yeah. as fantasy points.
2: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, that's not good because that negative three that probably
1: pulled him back on some yards. No, out. the reception
0: it's
1: 0.7. Oh, it is 0.7? well, how because he got negative three yards
0: but it's one uh, a catch is one point oh, and catch uh, ten, 10 yards yard. is one point. So,
1: ah, fair enough. Okay. Nope. That's right. So, okay. Um, even then, like I said, didn't have really a great game here. I mean, James Butler had okay game. He had 104 yards, uh, again, one touchdown. So we good a little bit of running yardage for the BC lions this week. Uh, they got to rely on him though, to be ready for a cold weather. And, uh, yeah, you don't know how much cold weather he's going to see. Maybe a little bit this week in Edmonton. Uh, he's going to have to get ready for it, especially if uh, BC has to go out to Winnipeg after this. I think BC is probably the better team to equip for that. Uh, but you were saying about Drew Brown. Yeah, no, he was uh, very good this week. Uh, you do have an b- effective second quarterback if you do need him in Winnipeg, if something happens to Zach Kalaros. I don't know if he'd take you to a Grey Cup, but... He's Definitely serviceable, that's for sure. Uh, 28 for 39, 71 yard completion percentage. Nope, had a pretty good game as well. And of course, you had your obligatory uh Dalton shown touchdown. I mean, that's just pretty much just uh, penciled in at this point. Uh, and also another guy that really had a great game, and I'll talk about him probably a little later on. Uh, Rashid Bailey, 11 for 14, 121, made advantage of what uh was given to him. And uh, clearly he's used to getting footballs thrown to him from Brew- Drew Brown because it was his favorite target all game. Right?
0: I just had, within the last two minutes, a very interesting epiphany in regards to Vernon Adams Jr. Is I've been kind of disappointed with him in his time so far in BC that he did, hasn't lit it up because we're used to expecting big play VA. But if you look at his stats line now, Maybe we're just thinking of him as still the old version of the player and he's kind of transitioned into something else. And is it crazy of me to say that Vernon Adams Jr. is becoming a Matt Nichols? Because you look at his stat time in BC, six games played there, five touchdown passes, zero interceptions. So as much as we've talked about maybe, yeah, he hasn't lit it up like he used to. He also hasn't really thrown the game away. He's been playing smart ball. He's been uh, you know, throwing it away that uh, when he needs to, that probably comes with some of his lack of completion percentage here and there. And uh, I, if if that's the type of quarterback, you know, he's transitioning into, then I feel a little bit more confident uh, in what I've seen from Vernon Adams Jr. so far. But uh, I, I think it's maybe a shift. And I don't know if the injuries, the time as a backup has kind of shifted the play from him, or maybe it's this, just the scheme over here Uh, in BC. But that's kind of what I'm seeing from Vernon Adams Jr. Now. I don't know. Is that crazy guys?
2: No, I wouldn't say it's crazy. I mean, and this plays into the whole bringing Nathan Rourke back. If he doesn't need to, you have a guy like, I mean, I don't know, Matt, the Matt Nichols kind of approach could get you into the playoffs. Like I said, you're going to have cold weather potentially in Winnipeg and he's clearly doing okay in the good weather under the dome. Right. So that's not, that's kind of the gameplay you want. You don't want a guy, you know, who's going to heave it down 60, 70 yards. You could have a windy, chilly game in Winnipeg, you know, those balls could get picked. And we saw like what Caleros had in weather like that, uh, last year, right? So, yeah, I, I don't mind Vernon Adams. I, I stuck, uh, I stand up for him, uh, this whole way. Uh, Adam,
1: yeah, no, I, I agree, agree with you, Ryan. It, you're right. The more and more I think about it, he is more like Matt Nichols. Great game manager. He can maybe keep a lot of touchdowns, uh, and not a lot of picks, but uh he also gonna to get to the touchdowns and only having one less than a touchdown a game in his time here in uh BC. I still remember earlier in the year when uh, the BC Lions were calling the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense a little bit vanilla. Well, who's vanilla now? I think because yeah, you're right. I just I Vernon Adams hasn't done a whole lot in BC. And that's why they need Nathan Rourke to play in the playoffs. He's dynamic. He has the ability to run. He has the ability to throw some odd passes that he can make some plays on that maybe nobody else could make. So to me, if uh, Nathan Rourke's available, I think they better start getting him ready.
0: Yeah, I agree on that one. Like, I don't think he's doing anything to lose football games for them, but I think when it comes to crunch time in the playoffs, they're going to need a quarterback that can do big things to win for them. And I think they're going to need Nathan Rourke to do that as well. And we'll continue to monitor how he's doing uh, in practice and gearing up for game shape as well. Uh, yeah, you mentioned vanilla offense. Uh, of course, the comments by Marcus Sales earlier this season, he got a bit of revenge in this one because he had a pick six in this game. And you talked about the defense, you know, for Richie Hall being, and the Bombers being a little lackluster gotta remember 14 of those 40 points came off of uh that's not the defense's fault those were pick sixes right so bc got two two touchdowns from their defense okay you're looking at the winnipeg defense giving up something like 26 i think terry williams played into that as well uh so i kind of see that as as part of it on that one uh overall though gotta say i'm impressed with what i've seen from from what I saw from Winnipeg in this one, I wasn't giving them much of a chance starting the backups against the BC team that wanted it. I liked what I saw from drew Brown for the most part, made a couple mistakes. Those couple pick sixes. Yeah. Those hurt on the scoreboard of course, but 325 yards, three touchdowns. I'd probably expect at least one pick from you in your first career start here. Uh, overall impressed with what he did on the day here for the, uh, for the Winnipeg blue bombers as well. So uh, you know, for them, it's, Rest up, tune up, get ready for the playoffs. And that That's really all it is. And, you know, have guys be ready to go. And and, and that's what they're doing. They're getting guys sharp. You know, even in a game like this, somebody has to play. Somebody is going to be out there on the field. And a lot of those guys are still guys that are going to play in the playoffs as well. So it's a tune-up for them also. And that's why a performance by a guy like Rashid Bailey, who's really turned it on in the second half of the season is so key to see even in a game like this because that's got to be extra motivation for him guys like janarian grant uh there as well so uh yeah uh bc win here big win for them obviously winnipeg side yeah it's a loss another loss heading into the bye week only losing going into bye weeks all season long apparently but uh good news for them once you hit those playoff games where they start playing they ain't going into a bye week anymore unless You count the Grey Cup as going into a bye week. Uh, It's an extra long bye week, though, so it's different circumstances. Uh, Anything else on this game, guys?
1: No, the only other thing was, you know, they do have a bye week into the West Semi. So, you know, it's bye week, play, bye week, play. I don't know. I just don't like that, to be honest. But, I mean, what other choice do you have, I guess?
2: get a 10th team or get rid of a team. Like that's I mean, you know, but you're not going to get rid of a team. They need the 10th team and I think Ambrose said something this week about oh, it's most likely. I thought you made an announcement 3 years ago that it was coming. So, I don't know. Um yeah, I hate that. Like it that that's an unfair. Maybe we have 2 minutes here. I know we want to do a quick show, but is that not somewhat of an unfair balanced schedule where, you know, the best team in the league right now is going to have two like but we see in baseball right now playoffs teams with the buys are all getting booted out now. So is this extra
0: rest good or bad for Winnipeg? Ryan? I don't know if it matters given Mike O'Shea as the head coach. I think he has proven over the last two years with the Great Cup championships that uh, when, especially last year, didn't they have the buy in the final week of the season? They had two full weeks off before their next game. Plus, everybody rested pretty much down the stretch as well didn't really matter going in the playoffs a whole ton maybe there's a little rust there but uh I think he's able to overcome it but yeah I don't like those long layoffs as well you know we're sitting at basically a month now of no meaningful football games for the Winnipeg football team and that's not fun necessarily as a fan to watch but hey you get to watch some of the young guys step up like Drew Brown as well so that's fun for me too Adam any any thoughts on that for you
1: Yeah, no, I just, myself, I don't like it because you're ruining momentum, essentially. You want momentum getting into the uh, playoffs and having a bye and then going back out and then having a bye and then going back out kind of ruins momentum for any team. Mike O'Shea is a guy that doesn't seem to matter about that. Uh, He'll get his players going no matter what happens. I know that. But again, I'm a little nervous with it also because you're still not getting those reps and you're still not getting Zach Laros will not have a meaningful rep until he throws a ball in cold Winnipeg in a West Final. I don't know if it's a big of issue, but I don't like it as much as uh as much as maybe having an extra time off, right? I would rather have maybe a week or so at least win that last game of the year and and then go in and try to like get a little bit of momentum going. So, I don't see Zach Laro sitting against BC just because I think they need to get a little bit of momentum going with him just heading into the
2: playoffs. I think you should play a half or like a ha- the first half at least yeah. and have your starters right and then and then see what it's like because yeah, that's going to be a long layoff. Like I said, I wish these games were switched. Maybe if Winnipeg hosted last week, he would have played and then. Maybe giving them a little bit more time off, but now nah, playing in Winnipeg in front of your season tickets and your fans, you have to play them a little bit. You got to play Dalton shown. You got to play your stars a little bit. Otherwise, when they do the intros, everyone's going to be like, who's that, right? So can't have that.
1: I, I, I think Saskatchewan might be available uh, when the West Semis are being played, so if they want to have a game of touch football or flag football, I mean, by all means.
0: Yeah, that's it for our games from week number 19 in the CFL. Of course, Saskatchewan Roughriders on a bye week this week. We'll talk more about them on Thursday in our week 20 preview and what this week's games kind of mean for them. Uh, Not a great result, though, having Calgary lose to Hamilton there. Certainly puts them in, in a tough situation. Uh, let's take a look at our fantasy league results for this week as well. We'll start off with the CFC fantasy league this week, uh, where, uh, well, it was a close week pretty much across the board. I did have the top score at 94.4. Trey, you came in second at 85.2. Uh, Mike at 84.4 was right behind and Adam, you came in at 67.2 points on the week there. Uh, any thoughts you guys on your, uh, on your teams this week?
1: I really got to read a roster maybe before I actually go and pick my players. It's every week with me with this BS. So, you know what? Uh, What, did I have Brandon Banks? He was uh, out or not playing. Uh, I think I also had uh, Jalen Acklin added to my roster and decided, hey, that'll be a great pickup. And then found out he wasn't playing. So, uh, yeah, maybe I should actually read a depth chart before I actually fill that out.
0: So that, yeah. that Nate Bahar for Jalen Acklin trade we made has worked out wonderfully because I'm pretty sure they've both missed every game since we made that trade. So <laughs> Trey, how about your week? Uh, yeah, Trey, second place for you this week. How are you feeling about that?
2: Uh pretty good. I don't think I'm catching Mike or Ryan, but I'm staying away from Adam. That's all that matters. A bronze is a bronze, you know, a second loser. That's better than that, then for our third loser and fourth, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: there's, there's I, I'll
1: just give you the rock uh, uh, eyebrow. That's
2: all I'm going to do. Oh man. he I, I'm tired of that guy. He was just on Monday Night Football again tonight and I've been seeing his superhero commercials and the Leafs sing. Like I just
0: get out of it, man. Get out, man. Do we have beef with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Is that—is that how we bring this podcast to fame? Should we just start oh. calling him out?
2: I don't have beef with him because it's just that he's just getting over... It's getting on the line of overdone. And my son already loves him for being on Fortnite and the superhero thing. So it's just The Rock 24-7 already in my house. You know, TV was the the one place that I could kind of get away from him. Not anymore. And I'm sure all off-season we're going to be talking XFL still. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be a lot of The Rock. And you
1: know, the funny part is now he's trying to invade your Marvel movies. So, I mean... It's it's just getting worse and worse with the Rock, and I mean he's
0: in Marvel too. No, yeah, it's he's, DC, 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 DC. Yeah, DC one, yeah. DC.
1: Oh, My apologies. Okay, my yeah, apologies. No, I
2: was like I was like, usually they make you sign a contract that you can't do both at the same time. But watch the Rock get out of that somehow. So <laughs> yeah. now, you know, all this
0: being said, uh, if Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you are listening and want to come on the podcast, we'd be happy to have you anytime uh, and talk about anything you want to talk about.
2: He's just I not allowed totally, to go Leafs go. That's all. That's... And I'm totally asking
1: about a Stan Peters time. Not going <laughs> to lie. I'm totally asking about that.
0: Uh, season totals in our fantasy league. I'm at 1825.8. Mike at 1662. Trey in third at 1352.1. Adam at 1278.7. Two weeks left to go. And it is a keeper league with two keepers left over for next season. So uh, plan your final two weeks accordingly. Uh, if you don't think you can catch first place, uh, start playing for next year, perhaps with some, some key moves for the off season here. I've delayed it long enough. I think it's time to start talking about the Canadian football podcast fantasy league, uh, where this week, uh, well guys, how'd you guys do this week? Uh, Trey, you had a pretty good week, didn't you?
2: Oh, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to call on me because I was out of the playoffs here, so I don't have my... But I did okay. I was like 90-something points, I think, right? And uh... let me see
0: here. Yeah, sorry, I'm just trying to delay talking about my... Well, oh, so, I had
2: 72 uh... points because I had Drew Brown in there. He did all right. And uh, Jerry and Grant definitely picked me up. I didn't keep uh, too much of an eye on it. And also had the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense. Three picks is uh, definitely going to help you out there, uh, especially when one went back to the house, right? So... Uh, yeah, I was uh, doing all right. Uh, Adam, how about you?
1: Yeah, I had a dismal week, to be honest with you on this. Uh, Luther Hakanovanu. Yes, I said his name twice in a row. Ha ha. Anyways, uh, I went and uh, took him this week. Only one and a half points. I took the Sam Peter's defense because, you know, the Sam Peter's defense has been on a roll. Got a negative one point. Uh, I took Alexander Hollins, 3.9 points. I mean... It just was a bad week overall for me. I mean, the only highlight on mine that I could really talk about was A.J. Ouellette, uh Got me 17 points. Vernon Adams, 12 points. I mean, it, it was just a bad week. You usually rely on Dylan Mitchell to get you, like, at least that one big catch. He didn't even have that big catch. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a bad, bad week for me. So, uh, yeah, I don't even know if I want to ask Ryan how his week went, because why would you lay that on me,
0: Trey? Well, let's talk about it, guys. Let's talk about it. Uh, I was facing the great super fan Mike from the Turf District podcast. Big fan of Mike. Uh, super fan of his. Uh, and I've never beaten him, like I said last time, in a fantasy football matchup. I've also never made the finals. We were facing off in the semifinals to go off to the league championship. And, you know, we're going in the last game. It's a tight race back and forth. He had a good value play. I had a good value play back and forth going in the final game with Vernon Adams Jr, Dominic Rhymes in the BC defense against Brady Oliveira and I'm down for 38 points or something like that. I'm feeling pretty good, right, going into that. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough, but Oliveira probably will get replaced by Johnny Augustine at some point. Well, Vernon Adams isn't playing a great game early on. Dominic Rimes is like one catch on five targets, so I'm feeling a little bad about it. They get the touchdown right at the end of the first half. I was like, okay, I'm I'm decently in the driver's seat here. I get two touchdowns out of the BC Lions defense, so I'm feeling big about, uh, you know, that's a huge play. That's going to put me over the top, except here's where the pain comes in. The CFL Fantasy stat tracking app just decided that no, uh, the first pick six by the BC Lions does not count towards fantasy points. I don't know what happened. It was on there originally when I looked and was subsequently taken off. And that was six points that did not go towards my total. There was also a sack that was missed uh, for the BC Lions defense there as well that did not go towards my total. So that's seven points not on the board. And what do I lose in my final uh, totals by? I lose by four points. So, yeah, I lost because of the stat makers this week, folks. Uh, It was a weird situation. Now, they have corrected the scores as of later today. They have updated it. They've technically put me at 85 points up something points and put me in the lead. But it was one of those situations where... You know, are they ever going to update it? I'm the commissioner of the league. I don't feel like I can insert myself into the finals when I've lost according to the overall official scoreboard as it stands. Like, that doesn't seem right. So we went based on the, uh, I made the commissioner call. We went based on the official scoreboard. And superfan Mike, congratulations to him, is off to the championship finals in the CFL Fantasy League, which is yeah, brutal way to lose based on that. I blame the refs, uh, but at the end of the day, my team didn't make enough uh, plays to get it done other than that, right? All I needed was Vernon Adams to do better, Dominic Grimes, one more catch, maybe one more win in the regular season, so I could have faced somebody else who I would have beaten this week. So that sucks. Uh, big rant coming from, uh, to come out of that is just – the digital space for the CFL, and we will I'll keep it short, and we'll talk about this more in the offseason, but we always talk about how can the CFL do better. It's in the digital space. There's so many things that are just lackluster, and it's the fantasy stat tracking being incorrect uh, when there's, you know, they have an overall contest, too, for prizes based on that, right, And and people playing their leagues off of that. Uh, And it not being updated, there being no way to contact them to tell them to update it besides tweeting at them. And that does no good because it's a social media person right on the other end of it. You have that. They don't have a mobile app. They used to. It was very broken. So they pulled it from the app store. Um, Those fantasy charts I pull up every single week, those are based on the CFL's API and retrieving data from there. They're not very well documented. They're not very easy to use. It's very difficult to get some of the info out that you need from it. I, I think there's so much more the CFL could do to advance the digital space. And they'd signed this big agreement with uh, Genius Sports that was supposed to improve all of their data tracking and everything. I'm still waiting to see what's happening with that. Uh, I don't know. Any any quick thoughts from you guys on on what I'm talking about here?
2: yeah i'm gonna go from the gambling aspect too right some of those stats could be money out of people's hands and that's not good either right like right now i'm watching the monday night football game and i'm i bet on herbert to have more passing yards than russell wilson and what if the stats tracker guy messed up and gave a few more yards you know what i mean like that stuff is important at the end of the day now especially when we're working with fantasy and gambling right like those like again, I work in horse racing. I understand like when when something like it matters. Like you have to triple repeat the order of finish. You make sure you got everything right. How far behind were the horses and this and that and the weight of the driver needs to be right. Like, like there's a lot that goes into it when there's gambling and fantasy involved. And yeah, the safe was not great with that, uh, Adam.
1: No, that's the thing. I mean, if you're going to be a professional league, you got to be professional and make sure all your stuff is right. If it's a little fantasy program or if it's betting or if it's, let's put it this way. If a guy didn't get a stat uh, right for him, let's say that defensive uh, pick six, they didn't go and record it on the CFL official uh, stat sheet. Does somebody just lose 25,000 bucks because of a bonus Maybe problems to him? I would be furious if I was a player and that happened to me. Well, so, here's
0: the thing it w- it was tracked on the o- official yeah. CFL. So maybe, you know, maybe my anger is pointing in the wrong direction because I don't know if the fantasy ape app pulls it directly from the CFL stats. If they, they work with it kind of differently and it didn't update. I don't know because the CFL stats were official. So if I, I you know, I, I could be wrong in that. I will fully admit that I, I could be targeting my frustrations in the wrong direction, but all of it still applies
1: absolutely again I mean, it don't matter what kind of little thing if it's an official cfl uh program or app or whatever it is you got to make that right you can't just go and make it do whatever you'd like it to do and go and make it up and just oh well ha ha, ha we missed something no that's not funny anymore you you want to be taken as a serious league make sure things like this don't get in the way you don't need little problems like this because then you know what happens. We have the critics out there that'll go and instantly point at that and say, "Look, the CFL's bush." I hate dealing with that in the off season. So you know what? Make sure you got it right. Make sure all your stuff is right, no matter what it is or what little little thing is. I I understand that things happen, but make it up. Do what you got to do to make a, make it right. I know they switched it in the end, but by then it's too late and. With those things, you got to look at them immediately, essentially. So, to me, I just didn't like it. And my prediction is that Al Bradbury is waking up the fantasy things. That's why it was wrong.
2: Well, yeah, real quick, because I'm pretty sure the NFL, they do stats corrections, but they're done by, like, 2 a.m. on Tuesday, like, for the Monday night game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you do see sometimes your fantasy changes like a pointer here and there you know debating on that but it's done like tuesday morning your fantasy's all set not wednesday afternoon when the last game was on saturday right like you know i'm pretty sure all the stat corrections are in for sunday's games already and they're just waiting for this broncos chargers game which not much is happening so there's not going to be any stats corrections right so i'm tired of this is another rant why are the broncos getting so much prime time how much walmart paid for that i wonder but you know anyway like yeah, I could go, again, when it comes to gambling and
0: fantasy, I could go off about it for hours, but we'll move on. Yeah, exactly. Like, the stat tracking, I have a feeling, because it updated today, I have a feeling they have somebody working a, a weekday job that uh, their job when they came in this morning was to to update it before they move, flip things over to the next week or whatever it was. Um the confusing thing was that the second pick six counted for points, but not the first. So I don't know what went wrong there, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm bitter. Yeah. I'm frustrated with the CFL for all of this. I'm not frustrated towards super fan Mike. I, I I think he is a well-deserving. He finished fourth in the regular season. He's constantly near the top of the charts and uh, he deserved the win this week as well. So I'm happy to have him go on to the, uh, the finals here uh, and face off against Andrew from the turf district as well. So it's an all turf district matchup. The folks in Edmonton, they're winning something this year, at least football related. So good for them. Uh, I'm excited for them and uh, we'll see who takes it home. And at the end of the day, one of them's taking home 340 bucks for a charity of their choice. And to me, it's been a fun season of fantasy football and it's going to a good cause no matter who wins. So uh, best of the luck to both of them in the finals here. And uh, either way, we're getting a good representative for our fantasy football league uh there we go that was the long rant on fantasy football is uh is uh the end of that segment as we move on to our betting results for this week powered by bet stamp uh bet stamp is a free app that helps you uh find the best odds for your online sports betting wagers uh it provides you comparisons of the odds across a variety of different sports books including their best recommended odds which is what we used for our Consensus CFL picks this week and every week on the show. You can learn more at betstamp.app and sign up with referral code CFC. Uh, Trey, do you happen to have the results in front of you somewhere for this week? If not, I can try to pull them up.
2: Yeah, I do. Um, You boys both went two and two. You guys picked little different games. Uh, Ryan... You took Montreal minus three, which was right. You took Calgary minus seven and a half, which was wrong. Toronto minus five and a half, which was wrong. And BC plus two, which was right. Bumps you up to 38 and 34. So you're in the money right now. Adam, two and two again. Um, Ottawa plus three and a half, wrong. Hamilton plus seven and a half, right. Toronto minus five and a half, wrong. And BC plus two, right. 35 and 37. You're really close, man. Uh, What did I think? Thirteen games left if we count playoffs and Great Cup. So you got you got a few games here uh, to make it happen. And then myself, I went three and one. Montreal minus three was right. Hamilton plus seven and a half was right. Edmonton plus six and a half was right. Pretty sure I was called crazy in the in the group chat, not the group chat, the uh, listeners chat last week for some of my picks. Uh, so three and one is not bad. And Winnipeg plus two point five was wrong. I'm forty three and twenty nine. You all could still catch me, but I would... Ooh, Adam, you're really close. I think one went away from you not catching me. <laughs> but other than that, still possible. But yeah, betting expert. Mr. Manitoba betting expert, it looks like.
1: You know, I missed it by that
2: much. On they were cool. I mean... No, they were close. Like the the Edmonton Toronto one was very close. And that one could have went either way. Um. Yeah, and Ottawa and Montreal was such a toss up, too. It was a great week, but uh, it can happen.
1: So, uh, I was going to ask can we make bets uh, this week on the uh, results of this CF5PN uh, fantasy countdown or fantasy? Like who's going to win, Andrew or Mike?
0: I think we can. Yeah. Right, let's yeah. do it.
1: Thursday. We got to make some more bets.
0: Yeah. Exactly, we because we don't have enough things packed to pack into the show already. Uh no, we can talk about that on Thursday. Of course, you can follow our bets uh, uh, at CF Countdown Pod on the Betstamp app to see our consensus picks. Uh, I guess what was the overall consensus record this week, uh, based on what we all picked? Like,
2: uh, I think we were two and two.
0: Yeah, Adam and I probably screwed it up a couple of we times. Need- we tend to do that. Probably that Toronto game I would have had, ma- or Toronto Edmonton. maybe well, we were three. We might
2: have been three and one. I'm. T- I can't do the math in my head right now looking at it, but yeah, we I just pulled it right up here.
0: Three, three and one. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Toronto Edmonton game was the only one we we did not get right because uh, I think, uh, and we were off by zero point five on that one. So uh, hey, close to a perfect week on the consensus, almost not too bad. Uh, well, a couple of players that had near perfect weeks this week, or at least pretty good weeks, are our players of the week. That was a nice say segue there. You like that, hey? Uh, eh, I do okay sometimes with those. Uh, let's go to you first here, Trey. Who was your player of the week for this week?
2: I'm gonna go with uh. Sorry, I just accidentally exited out of that. I'm in a mess today, boys. Vacation, first day back. Um, I know the players' names, this is their stats, I can't remember. Two guys on the Toronto Argonauts. And uh the two of my keys of the game here. I'm gonna go with Boris BD, five for five. Uh, you know, kept pretty much kept the Argos in this game early on when they weren't having too much offense in the first three quarters. Uh, 15 points from your kicker ain't too bad. Yeah, five for five. Longest was 49, kept him in it. And the other guy we talked about earlier, A.J. Olette, the non-running running running back, uh, you know, put up some decent stats. Uh, He was 9 for 91, averaged over 10 yards a carry. So every time he's touching the ball, he's getting you a first down with a touchdown, that one where he went untouched, running like an old lineman, uh, Adam said. And uh, only had one catch in the receiving game for eight yards, but, you know, the threat's still always there. So those are my two guys.
1: Yeah, this week I went and I had uh, a guy that I don't usually get to talk about very much because he doesn't, he always has one big player, two big plays, but not a whole lot usually. This week he was the main target, Rasheed Bailey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 11 for 14, 121, uh, 47 yards after catch. That's huge as well, but two touchdowns really kept the Blue Bombers in this game when they really had no reason to be in this game because, hey, they're resting. Why do they need to? Uh if it wasn't for those two big touchdowns, this game could have been a blowout. Uh, yeah, no, Rashid Daly definitely earned a player of the week for me this week. Ryan, what about you?
0: Yeah, for me and Mike both went towards the Hamilton Tiger Cats this week. I'll give you his first. He's agreeing with you on the kicking game this week, uh, Trey, and that's Seth, Seth Small with four field goals, including a 57-yarder in our cfc fantasy league i did start him as my kicker this week he put up a solid total there i think just behind boris Beattie for the highest of the week uh definitely money is seth small he's had a good year since taking over the kicking job and he did so again this week my player of the week uh, like i said earlier is my uh runaway favorite for east division mop and that's tim white i mean tim white won them this football game after they made a boneheaded decision at near the end of the game where they shouldn't have won this football game. They put the ball in their best playmaker's hands. He made a ridiculous catch and followed it up with the game-winning touchdown. Tim White, six catches, 106 yards, one touchdown. Big fan of his, and he did it again this week. Uh, Let's talk power rankings here to end off the show, Uh, and we'll do that here. I'll give you my power rankings here first. I've got Winnipeg at number one, BC at two, Toronto three, Calgary 4, Montreal 5, Hamilton at 6, uh, Ottawa at 7, Saskatchewan at 8, Edmonton at 9. Uh, a lot of it's pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg still played pretty good, even though resting some starters. Uh, BC uh, had a good game here as well. They should finish second in the, the West, get that home playoff game. Uh, Toronto going to be hosting the West, East Final. Calgary... Uh, yeah, they took a step back here, but I still think they're a pretty good football team. Uh, Montreal should get second in the East. They pulled out a win here, uh, a, a comeback from a slow start to the game. Hamilton did look good, but I don't think I'm quite vaulting them over the others because they may not even make the playoffs. So it's hard for me to, to lock them into that spot there. I did put Ottawa ahead of Saskatchewan because I think that the uh, home and home with the Hamilton's a little easier than what Saskatchewan has to do to make the playoffs here, although Ottawa needs more help. And Edmonton is last for me just because they are the only team that's actually eliminated from the playoffs at this point and don't have a shot of uh, going anywhere from here. Uh, Let's go to you first here, Adam.
1: Yeah, mine was very similar up in the top. I mean, there's a reason why. Winnipeg is one of the best teams in the league. I mean, yeah, they had a bad week this week, but they also didn't have half their starters in this week. So they were at my number one position. BC's at number two because they have been playing okay football. Uh, Question mark, maybe a little bit with Vernon Adams, but other than that, pretty good football overall. They should get healthier for playoffs. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts at number three had a very good game. Again, comeback victory against Edmonton. That should help with some momentum. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders at number four. I just wonder about them now because the Hamilton, they kind of struggled with, and that's a little bit questionable, but maybe they'll have a bounce back week here up against Saskatchewan. Uh, Montreal number five, they had a good win against Ottawa, had to come back in that one as well, and also clinch seconds. So they're pretty happy. Gary, make sure you get the Olympic Stadium ready to go for us east semifinals. Uh Ottawa number six. Again, had been a better team lately. Uh, they've been playing a little bit more desperate. And actually, uh, Nick Arbuckle's turned the foot corner a little bit here, I think. So, uh, see so you interested in what they do next week against the Ticats. Hamilton, uh, they are number seven to me. They didn't have a good game against Calgary, but they keep winning games. So, that's important as well. Number eight for me was the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, they had a great game against the uh, Regina Rams. It was a let's face it, our uh, our professional team is poor. So you may as well watch uh, university football or uh, CJFL because both of those have been really entertaining. Both of those teams, whether it's the Hilltops or the Thunder or if it's the Rams and the Huskies, Hardy Cup has to go through the University of Saskatchewan this year after a 23 20 victory up in uh, Griffith Stadium in uh, Saskatoon. Uh, Edmonton number nine, they're playing better, but they keep losing. And Saskatchewan, you know what? Where I'm going to say it this way, and if it's going to be any hope, at least I can say we started from the bottom, and maybe we might make it to the Grand Cup. That's my hope with the Riders. So, yeah, that's my ranking for this week. Trey, what do you got?
2: Yeah, my top four is the huge Winnipeg, BC, Toronto, Calgary. Um, I was tempted to put Calgary down lower, but you know they, as of now, but they did have a decent beginning of the year. Uh fifth, I have Montreal sixth, Hamilton. I put Hamilton over Ottawa, switched to you. I was I, you know, it was a weird game, but I was impressed with Hamilton and their win. Ottawa seven, Edmonton eight, and poor gainer and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders nine. But if I had to base it off a of team cheerleaders, uh, Calgary Outriders would be number one. <laughs> and uh, Mike, uh, Mike had the exact same as me, I believe, from the group chat, right? So that's our uh, that's our power rankings.
1: Mike yep. the riders at
2: number 1. Oh, me Mike 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 likes those uh, cheerleaders, man. I you know.
1: I don't know, I, those Ottawa red black ones, they were
2: they were pretty good. So. I you know, I forgot to make a point and being at McMahon, that whole I you know, seeing the horse on TV is one thing, but that horse tradition is the greatest in CFL. Like just seeing that white thing run around and the flag, that's great. I don't think they need to put it in the hotel anymore Great Cup week. Just keep it on the sidelines of McMahon, right? Uh, great tradition.
1: He'll be in Hotel Saskatchewan before the end of the week, don't you worry.
0: <laughs> yes, love those sideline traditions there. And uh yeah, power rankings pretty much the same across the board for the most part between all of us. The area I think it's easier to get that consensus as we get towards the end of the season and Speaking of getting towards the end of the season, as we wrap things up here, uh, this coming Thursday, uh, uh, this week, uh, we'll be previewing week number 20 in the CFL. uh, Second last week of the regular season game previews, CFL fantasy talk, even though none of us are playing really for anything. We're still playing for fun. We're still playing to uh, get a solid finish on the season. So, uh, we'll still go through all the options there. We'll make our picks against the spread as well. That's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Adjust your other time zones accordingly. Uh, and then next Monday, we'll be back to do the same thing. Recap the games, give our players the week and our power rankings and all that fun stuff here as well. You can catch our shows live every single week over on our YouTube page, the Canadian Football Countdown there. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and the Game Time TV YouTube page also. All made possible by our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV. Learn more at gametimetv.ca. Uh if you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod or on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there. Also, uh, check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network over at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Uh and uh guys, anything else you want to say here and uh where can people find you? let uh let's go to you first, Adam.
1: Yeah, you can find me at Adam steward one uh, essentially right now. It's starting to get a little bit slower on the farm. Uh, There's always something to do, so we're going to be probably moving cows soon. So hope you like cow pictures because that's pretty much what it'll be for a little while here. Uh, Yeah, other than that, uh, hockey's getting started for me, so I'll be busy, that's for sure. i probably also try to get some buffalo pictures for you too, but uh, not that kind of buffalo. Uh, Trey,
2: where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at Trey MB Harness, always talking horse racing. And yes, Richard, I've met plenty of horses I don't like. The ones that I don't bet on and win, uh, they're not my favorite. And the ones you do bet on and end up finishing last, uh, yeah, I don't really like those ones. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm a pretty big horse guy. We all know that. At Trey MB Harness, got horse racing going on. I'll have hockey probably with Mike over the winter and uh, obviously some football.
0: Ryan, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42 if you want to talk CFL, CFL fantasy, uh, NFL, NFL fantasy. I did, well, barring a miracle because I think the current game is uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, going to overtime, uh, or so I hear. No?
2: Uh, It's in overtime, yep.
0: It is in overtime. Okay. Uh, so barring somehow uh, 23 points from Mike Williams in overtime, I, I think I am improving to four and two this week in uh, NFL fantasy. So uh, applying some of that CFL knowledge over there, I guess, and uh, happy with how that's going and uh, enjoying following the NFL. I watched a lot of NFL Red Zone yesterday, actually, and enjoyed it. So best way to consume football content, hands down, uh, Wouldn't really work for the CFL since there's only four games a week, but uh, I wish it did because uh, I love cutting out the commercials and getting bounced around between the games there. Uh, Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Make sure you follow Mike as well at Mike Garrell on Twitter. And uh, thanks to everybody who hung out and joined us in the chat this evening. We always appreciate all of you. We appreciate the comments along the way. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we love it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate all of that. And on behalf of our panel here this evening, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.